Okay, if you'd open up at this time to the book of 1 Timothy. Before we uh, took our detour into the book of Acts, we were in 2 Thessalonians, so 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy. They're called the um, pastoral epistles. I wouldn't call them that, though. In the book of uh, 1 and 2 Timothy and the book of Titus, and some count Philemon in that as well. But I wouldn't call them that because this isn't how to be a pastor, right? And, you know, I'm talking of one or two people who may at some point think about being a pastor. And, uh, no, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call them that. I, I just, I think, like, I've always said before, theolog- theologians are horrible namers. They just don't know how to name anything. So I'd call it the uh, letter to Timothy and First and Second Timothy, they have different themes to them, and Titus has a different theme altogether, as Philemon has a different theme. It's just a section that's written to people, not to a church, but to individuals. Uh, I look in over a group of individuals, so I think this is written to us. I always take that in Scripture that way anyway. Like until the Bible says otherwise, I just I always put it on me. I always think in terms of how does this affect me. So let's pray and just jump right in, okay? Lord, as we start this series of teachings on this most holy of books, well, all your word is holy. I mean, we have determined and we have understood. Your word says that way after the heavens and earth have passed away, your word will still be alive and still be living, and it never changes The Bible says that you have put your word above your name, and we know how holy your name is. So, Lord, we we understand we're, we're, we're treading, as it were, on sacred soil. So bless. Lord, speak to our hearts. We expect that you would make changes in our lives. That's what your word does. That's what it's all about. So change us, Lord, from the inside out to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, we've talked about this. You know, I write you an uh, email. My, my name's at the bottom. If I write you a letter, <laughs> why would I do that? I guess I could, a card or something, you know, and I'd sign my name at the end. And this day, the technology was uh, paper and ink, you know, from a quill. And uh, they wrote right at the beginning, okay, this is from Paul. That's how it was done. Paul, an apostle. We talked about that in the past. I want to visit an apostle. If you go on YouTube, you'll find all kinds of apostles, messages from Apostle Joe, Apostle Jack, Apostle Smith. Um, I don't believe it. I, neither should you. Now, it depends how you use the word apostolos. We didn't even translate. We just kind of translated it. It gave an English flair. It's a Greek word, and it means literally sent forth one, but like an emissary, like an ambassador. You say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You just said there are no apostles. Not so as you'd put it on your business card. Not so as you'd put it on your LinkedIn page. And you guys got LinkedIn. I do because they told me to have it. Now I'm linked in uh, the whole world. They don't want you to not link in with anybody because they think it might help business. I don't know. I don't know if it's helped Oz. It helped me get this job that I got that I really like. So 
LinkedIn's a good thing, but I don't have apostle. <laughs> they wouldn't hide me. This thing, uh, that guy's fruity. And they'd have been right. Um, it means ambassador, and you say, but yeah, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 doesn't say that we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Yes, in that sense, we're apostles. So I, I want to I disenfranchise you of one notion and kind of endorse another. If you say, you're, I'm a sent forth one, good. If you say I'm an apostle, like I have apostolic authority, well, does you, do you walk down the street and when your shadow falls on somebody, do they get healed? When somebody steals your sweatbands from where you're working in the day and they take them to the sick, do the sick get healed? Are you raising dead people? Are you writing Bible? <laughs> if, you, if you think you are, you are self-deluded. Um, Jesus appoints apostles. He, he had 12. And you say, well, Paul's not one of the 12. He's another apostle that Jesus appointed. You remember on the road to Damascus, he appointed him to, for a specific task. And there are a few other apostles in Scripture. It's a very, and one of the things, when they were replacing Judas when he hung himself, it had to be somebody who saw the Lord risen and was with them from the beginning of the whole ministry. Well, you say, that wasn't, Paul, yeah, well, I think it was Paul. He was with them. He understood. He, un he, he, ha he wasn't with them in the sense of on their team, but he, he understood those things. He was around from the beginning. I mean, Jesus' three-year ministry, you think him and Paul ever crossed swords? you think that, you know, Paul was among them? He called whitewashed tombs? I'm sure they knew each other. I'm sure that Paul didn't like Jesus, and I'm sure that Jesus loved Paul the Apostle. Is there apostolic authority now? Careful, not from a human being, but yes. Where? Right from this holy book. This was written by an apostle to you. Do you remember last week, uh, two, three weeks ago, I can't remember now, we, the, we were out on the, in, in the Euroclidon, the, Paul and, the, and, the, and they were getting shipwrecked at that time. Why? Paul said, stood and said, you should have listened to me. And I said, America is a sea. We are tossed about by a Euroclidon because we don't listen to Paul. Why? Because we don't submit as a nation to apostolic authority. And that's a problem. I don't care. Bible schmibble. I, I don't care about any of that stuff. Who cares what God says? Oh, and now I'm going to go ahead and live my life like as if God doesn't matter. How's that going? I mean, take a look. We're, we're, we're coming unglued at the seams. Bother to check with God. Bother to see what he says. If you l apply your life to like a, a biblical, like the Bible is the word of God and what God says matters, I bet your life is going a lot better. Mine is. We're rocking it in my house. I mean, we really are. Things are going really good. Am I saying problem free? No, I'm no. <laughs> All that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But pro Christians and non-Christians have problems. What's the difference? I'm a victor. I'm more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And I am an ap apostle in the idea of send forth one ambassador. Uh, do you have to listen to me? Like, you know, it'll go very bad with you if you don't. Only in the sense when I teach the Bible. You know, when I have an opinion and you think, well, what do you think about this? 
You think the Red Sox are going to win it all this year? I'm thinking, they're going to have to get some pitching at some point. They're, they look like they're turning around a little. But I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I always think they're going to do good. I'm a fan, you know. Uh, we're optimists. We always are. Uh, you know, am I, do I am an expert on that? No, I am not. Do you, can you disagree with me? Feel free. If I tell you this is what the Bible says, I'm not talking about my opinion anymore. So what does the Bible say? It says Paul's an apostle of Jesus Christ, or by Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior. It's like, hey, hey, I didn't volunteer. I was drafted. Because we don't, we don't volunteer. We don't volunteer to be pastor. We don't volunteer to be prophet. We don't volunteer to be apostles. God drafts. And with that, he doesn't really take any, like, what's the... Uh, I, I'm all done. I'm resigning. God, I, I'm not open to it. I, I, you, you didn't listen. You didn't hire you. You can't fire you. Yeah, that's, that's got nothing to do with. Uh, you say, but people quit, and that's what the chapter's about. That's what the whole thing's about. And I'll show you this here, right off the bat. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And by the way, God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, that and in between, that's the same thing. Okay, it's a Granville Sharps rule. Uh, our, our God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ is the same. They're equal. That's, that's the same thing. Uh, just another indication Jesus Christ is God. I know a lot of people out there don't believe that. I mean, a lot of people out there, outside the walls, out there, you, you must. Can you go to heaven without believing Jesus Christ is God? No. No. Well, what about no? <laughs> Not even a little bit no. Okay, unto Timothy. Paul to Timothy. Now, why is that? Okay, he's reading to Timothy. Look, my own son in the faith. Well, lighten up, Paul. Uh, you know, he's got to come up with his credentials. Okay, I'm Paul. I'm, a, I'm an apostle by the commandment of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And it, it, it's your son. What, what do you what do y'all? No, because it's, Paul would know, and the Holy Spirit of God would know, this was going to go beyond Timothy. This is probably read in the churches, no doubt, and was read through the churches throughout all the ages. So Paul's establishing that way. He's not establishing his credentials to Timothy. He's establishing his credentials to us. Now, he's writing to Timothy, my own son in the faith. What a wondrous term that is. I think that's so tender. The uh, gentleman who led me to the Lord only a year or so <laughs> older than I am. It's not a generational thing. I've had men who have mentored me throughout the, uh, the years and stuff. I've never had a, a father like Paul. Well, nobody's had a father like Paul. Uh, I think this is the way God wants it. Men, you need, a, you need a, a Paul in your life. You need somebody who's older, maybe not physically generationally older, but older in the Lord, more mature, who can talk, pour into your life. You need that. Say, well, don't you do that? You know, pastor's different. I can just sit, stand here and, and talk to everybody, and you take it or don't. I'm in somebody who's like, you know, can look into your eyes and call you a knucklehead and hold your feet to the fire and tell you you're messing up and pat you on the back when you're doing good. I think you need someone in your life to pour into you. They don't, have, they don't have to be, like I say, a, a, a generation older like a father. 
they don't even have to be physically older, just older in the Lord, more mature, more stable. I think you need that. Men, I think you need a Timothy in your life because we're all in this, in this process and God is speaking to us. And, and, and don't let that be a cul-de-sac. Let the Spirit of God flow through you. You, you, have, you're a, you can benefit the next generation. And again, your children, you say, and is that what, well, that's a no-brainer. That's just called being dad. That's, that's, no, I mean you should have a, a someone in your life you're pouring yourself into spiritually. You, you're the one who's commanding them like, like uh, Paul's commanding Timothy. And commanding is a little tough word when I'm saying this. But here in Scripture, it, it, that's exactly what we'll find out is happening. But I mean somebody who you can speak at your, the things that God is growing you, growing you up, that you can, you can people behind you can benefit that. From that and so all you ladies are thinking that leaves me out no come on adapt a little bit uh, Timothy or Timothy I don't care you should have somebody who you're just you're you're who's above you speaking into your life you should have someone who's below you you're speaking into their life I think that's absolutely important you say what about someone who's like like Paul and Silas, absolutely. And ladies, well, also, you should have someone in your life who's a buddy, someone to come along beside, someone who's, who's because God sends everybody out in pairs. There's, there's, you need that, you know, uh, two, three, uh, three-fold cord isn't quickly broken. You need that. It wasn't just Paul. It was Paul and Silas. It was Paul and Barnabas. It was Paul and Timothy. It was always somebody, Paul and Luke. Paul always had somebody with. He was never going alone. God's not, listen, if I can say anything and you're going to listen to me, just listen, dial in this part, men especially, but women also. You were not designed to live this life alone ever, ever, ever. <laughs> now, your wife could be the first line of defense. That's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, you find a wife, you've, uh, uh, you, obtain, you, you, you find a good thing. You've obtained favor from the Lord. What if I'm not married? Well, still, that, that, if you put yourself outside of you know, the, that fellowship and that place, you're, you're a, you are slow freight. You're an easy mark for Satan. And that's what this first chapter is about. I'm not going on my way to punch somebody in the eye. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need that. You need Paul, you need a Timothy. Timothy, you need a Paul. Paul, you need a Silas. That's just the way. And, and again, for the women, same thing. You were not designed to live this life alone. God has taken the solitary and put them in families, the Bible tells us. I said last week, there's, there's people here, right here, right now, who are more family to me than my people who have my own last name. Oh, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, uh, unto Timothy, my own son of the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ our Lord. I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to skip that. Because grace and peace, we always say that. Now he's added mercy. Why? Because <laughs> Timothy's a pastor. He'd need that too. God, have mercy on your soul, son, is what he's saying. He's saying, really, we need that? Oh, you have no idea. You got, any of you guys don't want to go into ministry? You want to, like, do ministry? You need mercy. Oh, grace and peace, to be sure, and mercy. You, you're going to need that. You're going to need that in your life, and you're going to need that in the lives of others. You, you just, okay, enough said, Fred. Let's keep moving, because I'm not getting very far very fast, as I noticed. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Okay, so he 
meets this guy, this kid named Timothy. His mom is a, is a believing Jewish lady, and his grandmother, we know them. Their names are Eunice and Lois. And they give their faith to Timothy, probably their Jewish faith, probably at some point when Paul comes to Lystra where he meets Timothy. He probably has his father in the faith, literally has led him to the Lord. They want to lead you to the Lord. We call him the fa- our father in the faith. I, I, I get it. It's very tender that you'll be hopefully warm towards that person for your whole life. The guy led me to the Lord. You, you met him a couple of summers ago. Larry, he came and he preached among us and stuff. We're in the Marine Corps. He was, uh, he was a sergeant. I was a corporal. Like I say, he was about a year older than me. He shared the gospel with me. I'd never heard it before. And I'd never heard it before. And I was like, really? Free gift? Sign me up. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do this? A sinner going to hell. Yeah, I got that pot. <laughs> oh, he, you, you provide the sinner, he'll provide the Savior? Well, what do I got to do? Do I got to sign a card, pray? What, what do I got to do? I'm, I'm, I'm in. Who doesn't do that? Someone who doesn't think they're a sinner. That's who doesn't do that. Well, I knew I was a sinner. That was, duh, right? I mean, just, I run into people all the time, think they're so good. I can't, I can't prove to you that you're not. That's just something the Holy Spirit of God does. He did to me. The Bible tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. And you're saying, no, I'm that one. Really? Well, I can believe God or I can believe you. I'm going to pr- believe God, okay? If you, that puts your nose out of joint. No apologies. <laughs> I believe the Word of God. And I've run in my whole life, people think they're like so good. How good do you have to be? And I always say, I always point out, well, you never lied, right? And they'll say, well, of course I've lied. Well, that's sin, isn't it? Well, yeah. Then they'll say, nobody's perfect. And I'll say, yeah, that's my point. (laughs) There is none righteous, no, not one. None of sin and fall, uh, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So they're going to say, yeah, I'm a sinner, except uh, I'm an exceptional sinner. I'm a pretty good sinner. Okay, and because you know how it is, we're Americans, right? And this is how it goes. We die and God says, well, see, pretty good, some stuff here. Ah, you did pretty good, come on in. And God's this affable old jolly fellow who just, that's Santa Claus. God's a righteous judge, his eyes are as flame of fire. He takes your sin way more serious than you take it. Just, just a word, Hey, that's free. I wasn't even going there. I'm, just, that's, I, I'm not even charging X for that. It's free. Okay, I besought these uh, to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia. Hey, uh, okay, so he goes to Lystra. I, I was telling the story. He meets up with this guy named, this young man named Timothy. He leads him to the Lord, and Lystra is where he gets stoned, uh, rocks, stoned to death. And uh, so he, uh, then he, I think, he was actually murdered. I think he was actually killed. I think he was prayed over, maybe by Timothy, maybe by his mom, others, I don't know. And then he came back to life. You think Paul resurrected from the dead? He tells us a story in Second uh, Corinthians, either 11 or 12. I know a man about 14 years ago who went to heaven and he saw unspeakable things that uh, it, would be, it would be against the law for me to even try to tell. 
It'd be criminal for me to even try to describe them, is what he's saying. Uh, and such things. And he's talking about himself. Was it that experience when he was stoned? I don't know. I don't know. That's the guess, right? That's what most people think. But uh, so he goes and he's here and he's there and he goes to Ephesus. He's with Timothy. You remember at Ephesus, big uproar, the, the um, coppersmiths, the, you know, they make these little shrines to Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians, and there was a big uproar. And so Paul leaves and he says, Timothy, you stay here. He was, at, he was minister at, at Ephesus a couple of years. When he left, he put his lieutenant, Timothy, his right-hand man, the love of his life, to one, of the, one of the people he loved and cherished the most. He says, I want you to stay here. Why? Good question. That thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Why? So he wouldn't get undermined? No, because he's an apostle. Because he has the doctrine. He has the words of the Lord. He has, this is what you need. This is what you need to be saved. Don't let people come along and start teaching different stuff. The Judaizers, we've ran into them. They're following him all over the empire. They're undermining, okay, yeah, Jesus, Jesus is cool. Yeah, yeah, Savior, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But you still need to be circumcised. You still need to keep Jewish law. Would that make you saved? That would make you not saved. If you're trusting in circumcision, guess who you're not trusting in? I always say this, like, because, you know, I know people who are like religion, they trust religion, and they think they're covering more bases, and I'm using my ditto fingers, because that's, that's what has been said to me verbatim. I'm covering more bases. You're not covering any bases. You're trusting in your religion. You're not trusting in Jesus. Those things are mutually exclusive. When you trust in Jesus, you trust in Jesus, period. Well, I trust in Jesus who taught me my religion. He did not. It's, just, it's ludicrous. It's silly on the face of it. Don't teach. I want you to, if you listen to Paul the Apostle, you're not going to believe in any other doctrine. And so, Timothy, I'm leaving you here to, to teach them, to instruct them, so that they don't mess this up. You remember at Miletus, I think it's in oh, I want to say 19th or 20th chapter, when he was going back to Jerusalem, he met the, uh, the elders on the beach of Miletus. He sent for the Ephesian elders, and they came and met him. You remember that? And he said, I, I know that grievous wolves are going to come in among you, and they're going to, they're going to you know, not spare the flock. They're going to come in with these false doctrines and everything. And he prophesied over them. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of good conscience and of, of faith unfeigned. What is he talking about this all of a sudden? This is the doctrine. This is the doctrine that I want you to teach. I'm going to give you an example of bad doctrine. I'm going to give you an example of good doctrine. The, the end, the, 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 the end zone, the goal of the commandment is Love. When, okay, someone comes to Jesus, they say, most important commandment, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Is that the summation of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments? Sure, sure. You love somebody, you won't kill them. You won't, you won't commit adultery with them, that's for sure. Oh, that's love. No, that's just sex. That's, hey, I want to involve you in my sin. No, that's not love. You won't steal from them. You won't... Uh, Bear false witness against them. 
You won't be jealous of their stuff. You'll be happy that they have stuff because you love them. You won't lie about them. You won't steal from them. You won't love. She just said it. Love your neighbors yourself. The people you love the most, they don't have much to worry about, you know, when you come around. That's how it works. And so people out there teach you commandments. When the lawyer says, Jesus, hey, what's the most important commandment? He says, no bacon. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm telling you right now, you better be worshiping on Saturday, what Jesus said. Don't you be boiling a kid in its mother's milk. Those are all commandments. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Now, we, now those commandments have a place and a purpose. We study them, and I'll, and I'll show you them here directly because it's coming up. That, But the end of the commandment, the goal of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. And somebody teaching that, they ain't teaching the word of God. At the end of the day, what, what's, what's important in your life? That you love. Now, I say this, and I say this all the time. Now, people say, oh, I'm very loving. I say, well, who do you love? I love my spouse. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> I, I mean, all things being equal, I hope you do, right? You're, you're married to them. You see them every day. I hope you love them. I love my kids, Mom, Mama Bear says. Daddy Bear says. Good. <laughs> it's good. Don't kick them out. Don't... don't yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, we're going in the right direction. I love my family. I love my brothers. I love my sisters. I love my cousins. I love my aunts. I love my... Okay, you love anyone who's, who's not your family? Yeah, I love my friends. Those are good things. I'm not going to argue with that. But everyone loves those people. You can be an atheist and love your spouse and your kids and your grandma and your dog and your best friend, right? We love those who persecute us. We love our enemies. We love everybody. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about love. Okay, so if you think you're Mr. and Mrs. Loving and you love all them people who are real close to you, that's great. I, I want you to. I'm not, I'm not going to try to tell you, uh, Mom, don't feed your children anymore. Uh, I'm not saying that, obviously. Uh, I want you to be loving towards your, towards your children, your grandchildren, and your cousins and I want that I want you to love your enemy that's what Jesus is saying the, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of good conscience and of faith unfeigned we don't fake this unfeigned we're legit we're the real deal there's no hypocrisy here from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling some have swerved for this. Not everyone's doing this. That's why you're there, Tim, to make sure this doctrine goes forward, this doctrine that results in love, because some have turned aside. Now listen, do we know somebody, do you know somebody in your life who used to have the faith and now have turned aside? Go ahead and raise your hand, because you're among friends here. Oh, yeah, like about 100% of the hands go up. Yeah, we've all known somebody who had the faith and now they don't have the faith. That means, Tim, stay where you are, doing what you're doing, because... There's no guarantee that people are going to end up in the right place. And the fact that people have swerved aside tells me I've got to really dig down deep. I've got to get after this. I can't, I can't be like laissez-faire about this. People shipwreck their faith. Some have turned aside. You know one of, one of the reasons people turn aside? They desire to be teachers of the law. Ugh. 
I teach the law too. Is this an indictment on me? I want to teach it in its right context. Because I'm the guy who's saying, law, you can't keep it. You physically can't. I've said this. You've heard me say this. I'm not a proponent of the law. The law is good if a man uses it lawfully, and we'll talk about that. The law is good. The problem is you can't keep it. You physically can't keep it. How was your Yom Kippur celebration last year? Uh, Yom Kippur observance. Well, I couldn't find a high priest. Uh, nobody's killing a goat, and I, there's no temple. Exactly my point. So how are you keeping the law that you can't keep? That's in the same law that says don't commit adultery, don't kill anybody. That same place there in, in Scripture. They desire to be teachers of the law, but they don't understand what they're saying. They don't know what they're talking about, is what Paul's contention. Uh, nor whereof they affirm. So, Paul, so Tim, you've got to stay there. You've got to teach these people because all these people want to be around, and they teach these things, but they have not. Hey, you guys ever see somebody on YouTube? Now we have some wonderful teaching on YouTube. Some people I listen to all the time. No doubt, I can tell you. And I kind of stare towards Calvary chapels. All Calvary chapels aren't created equal. But there's some things I ain't going to listen to. That guy's a heretic. I don't even need to. I know why he's wrong, and I still don't need to listen to him or her. They, they want to be teachers. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're affirming. But we know the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. I just said that. Have you ever heard me say that before this? The law is good. The problem isn't the law. God gave the law. Right? How do we use it lawfully? Well, I, I want to tell you how to use it unlawfully first. And then I think you'll understand how to use it lawfully. How do we use the law unlawfully? Well, if you keep it, you go to heaven. You, wait, what? <laughs> ah! You can't keep it. Are you ridiculous? <laughs> you know, one of the problems with the law is us. So he put this man and woman in the garden, right? Be fruitful and multiply. His food, his me, his everything you need right here. Oh, yeah, I got a rule. <laughs> this one. Listen, just one. You know what God said, don't murder? To to them, no, they wouldn't know that life could cease. They, it would never enter into their hearts and their minds. He said, don't steal. No, he didn't say that. They owned everything. Did he say, don't commit adultery? With who? It's just us. What did he say? Hey, this is, there's a tree here. Don't eat from it. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One rule. You think, oh, easy peasy. Give me one rule. I can, I can at least follow one rule, you'd think. And these were people who were perfect. They weren't intellectually deficient. They had the word of God. God said, don't eat of this tree. And what happened? Well, we're still reaping what happened. We understand what happened. There was disobedience. There was there was hiding from God for the first time ever. Everything went sideways right then. Really? You don't want to follow God's ways? You don't know what you're sowing. You don't know what you're reaping, what you're going to reap. I, I'm glad that there's forgiveness. Don't get me wrong. God provided a way that we could get back 
in fellowship with him. I'm glad of all those things. But I, I don't have faith in my own ability to keep the law. So if I keep the law, then I'll go to heaven, right? It was never designed for that. There's no, you don't have one Bible verse that even indicates that. And everyone in America believes, well, they, they're not the law, but they believe, you know, biblical law, but they believe if I do more better things, I keep the, my own law, I, keep, I do what my conscience tells me is right and wrong, I'll go to heaven. You don't have one half of one quarter of one scintilla of one Bible verse that says that, but you believe it. Why would you? That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Why would you think that way? That's, that's silly, just on the face of it. We can't keep the law, and the law is to condemn us. It's to show us that we're sinners. The Bible says that in a lot of verses. Well, I'm just going to keep the law and go to heaven. That dog won't hunt. It, 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 it's broken. It's not, it's, not, it's not designed for that. Adam and Eve didn't keep the law. What happened? Death. The wages of sin is death. I'm a, I'm, well, I'll keep it. I'm, I, again, I, I refer back to earlier in the, in the message here. Have you ever lied? Well, of course I've lied. You've already broken it. How are you going to unbreak it? How are you going to unring that bell? They, they, so this is what it means to use the law unlawfully. Try to get saved by it. <laughs> it only tells you you're a sinner. It's not designed to save you. No, Jesus is designed to save you. The Savior saves us. The law, it doesn't save us. It just shows us that we need a Savior. The law, is anything wrong with the law? No, God gave the law. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. The law is good if a man uses it lawfully. What's it using it lawfully? It shows us that we're sinners. That's the point of the law. It's our schoolmaster to bring us into faith. In Christ, Galatians, read it. Know this is the law. Knowing this, the law is not made for righteous men. This is what I'm trying to say. But for the lawless and disobedient and the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for manslayers. The law is designed for these people. Really? Yeah. It's not designed for a righteous man. People come to Jesus and say, like, yeah, I'm okay. And he says, I'm okay. Have a good day. <laughs> Didn't Jesus say those who are sick need a physician? Because the law is designed for these wicked ne'er-do-wells like me. <laughs> and I would suppose like you. Aren't you glad? So the law tells us that we're sinners. That's a wonderful thing. When I understood, the day I understood I was a sinner, that was a wonderful day. Now I can get saved. When I'm so awesome... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I don't, I don't need salvation. No, the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy, for profane, for murders of fathers, murders of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. The word means homosexual male there. If you're one of those people are born that way kind of people, I don't know what you do with a verse like this. Me? I've always felt the same way. It, I, haven't, I haven't changed. The world's changing. Well, okay. Change any way you want. Word of God stays word of God. You know, when people say, oh, you know, you're a hater, you're a homophobe, you're a, you're a this or you're that, you think 
The ink changes itself on the paper of your Bible when you open it up and it's, now it says different things. <laughs> they can change. The Word of God doesn't change. I, I believe in the Word of God. And society goes ebb and flow, back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's all... Hey, they tell us, by the way, your, 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 your gender is very fluid, but your sexuality, it, that's written in stone. You're born the way you're born. Hmm, hmm. Let me think about this. So there was a gay couple in England, women. And one of them, so they're gay. They're homosexual. Female gay, lesbian is the word, right? One of them was transgendered. They're still married, by the way. So one of those, because gender is very fluid. One of those women became a man. Now, are they straight? I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. So gender's fluid, but, but you, where you are is what you are. So they used to be gay, now they're straight, right? I, I, I'm just saying, that's a tough sell on me. I, I, I'm sorry, I, it doesn't even make good sense. And it's in the same list with whoremongers, that defile themselves with mankind. Men-stealers, kidnappers is the word, right? Liars, perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, and I'm like, I don't want to go all the way to punch homosexuals in the eye. I, I don't. I don't. I don't pick on them any more than anyone else. Well, sinners. So if you're in hell uh, for, for, because you're a porno guy, or you're in hell because you're a homosexual guy, do, do you think I care one way or the other? You think God cares? Like, like, I think this is an egregious sin, but this one here is not so bad. Did I have, you ever hear me say anything like that? I, I, I don't care if you're in an extramarital affair if it's with the same gender. If it's a different gender, that's abysmal. That's horrible. Wait, what? I don't talk like that. Um, how about you having relations with your married spouse of a different gender? That's all. I have a... a that, that's it. That's what the Bible teaches is fine. We're not, we're not anti-sex here. We're only anti-sex outside of in, in a wicked, godless way. And the Bible clearly uh, defines what that is. We, I'm sorry. We can't change that. As a matter of fact, I'm not sorry. The Bible's the Bible. And by the way, by, God does not need editors. He just needs people. Just explain what the Bible says. Okay. The law is not made for righteous men, but for this list. And I'm not going to reread the list. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I've passed it on to you. And I've said, you stay there and you keep preaching the gospel. And I thank God, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he had counted me faithful, permitting, uh, putting me into the ministry. <laughs> Can I say this very reverent, reverently? God is ridiculous. He is. He put someone like Paul, you remember Paul in Acts? Hey, I, I, I made them blaspheme at the point of a sword. I killed men and women. I, I, I hailed them off to jail. And now what is he doing? He's professing the gospel that he was single-handedly trying to wipe out. God is ridiculous. God's grace is uh, off the charts spectacular. I was just a ridiculous little Marine, just selfish and sinful and wicked and just party guy. And 
just, not lo- just looking for a good time, not looking for a God. You say, you're mine. Wait, what do you mean? No, you come with me. You're going to be mine like forever. I, I made a decision. I, I mean, I, I, it wasn't, you know, what was that all about? Again, just, I, you can go to heaven. You can be free from sin. You can, God will breathe his power into your life to free you from the bonds, the shackles of sin. I need that. I want that. God's grace is ridiculous. It's, it's almost past my ability to discuss it rationally. It, it's a glorious gospel. It's been committed to my trust. And I thank God for this gospel. I thank God for Jesus Christ. He's enabled me. He's counted me faithful. He put me into the ministry. Isn't that ridiculous? who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor. He's talking about himself. Some of these things are true of you. Some of these things are true of me. Before, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. He thought he was doing God a favor. Now, ignorance is no excuse, okay? He's saying it's an excuse in this sense, that God said, yeah, you didn't know any better, but when he did know better, was Paul still responsible for his sin? Yeah, it's not like... Hey, you're going down the street, you're driving 95 miles an hour through the playground when the cop pulls you over and you say, hey, officer, I didn't know. You've got a driver's license. You're supposed to know, okay? So, you, you know, uh, when you knock over a bank, I didn't know. I thought the money was there for everybody. You know, I, it's not going to work. It's not going to work before God, who's given us general revelation. We look at a sunset, we say, this is a God. And if you don't say that, you came away with the wrong idea. And God's holding us accountable for creation speaks of a creator. You can do anything you want, any fancy wordplay or anything you want. But when you stand before the creator and he says, creation told you I existed. Well, I didn't believe it. Yeah, we have a place for people who don't believe it. I'm not saying that with joy. I'm just saying it with certainty. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious. But I obtained mercy. I did it ignorant and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And it's exceedingly abundant for you and for me. And we've, many of us have taken opportunity, taken advantage of that opportunity, and some of us haven't. Why? God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, God working toward us in a merciful way, and even blessing us, not not even that we don't deserve, we ill-deserve it. We deserve damnation, instead he's given us life. We deserve <laughs> him heaping judgment on us. What has he given us? He's given us life. Well, it's the opportunity for it. God causes to rain on the just and the unjust. God blesses even people who are against him. Even atheists can have good jobs and happy marriages. Isn't God good? Isn't he awesome? I mean, he really is. I mean, you think about this awesome God we serve. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Don't argue with this. You have to. That's what he's saying here. This is a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation. Accept this on the face of it. Do not argue. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Ta-da! I'm glad we got there. I don't know how far we're going to get. Time's almost spent here. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Well, I think he was a good moral teacher. You're wrong. He was that. 
Well, I think he's a miracle worker. I think he was a, a, a prophet. I think he started a new religion. I, no, <laughs> he's a savior. This is worthy of all acceptation. We're not debating this. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am chief. Is this Paul? You know, if you talk about it, you say, Paul, come on. You're the chief sinner? Oh, yeah. Well, at least the one with the highest to the skyline profile. I bet people were praying that he would die. I bet there were Christians saying, Paul, you remember when he gets, when he gets saved in, in chapter 9, he ends up in Damascus, and there's, a, uh, there's a Ananias there, and God says, hey, I got this guy, uh, uh, Saul, go lay your hands on him, he's blind. Let, let him stay blind. I, I've heard of this guy. He's, a, he's bad news, God. Uh, he had the height of sky, skyline profile, and God saved him. It's like God saving Osama bin Laden or Adolf Hitler or someone who we all consider like a really, really bad guy. Can he do it? Yeah. I tell you, there's no one. Because the, the whole thing is we think like, man, I've, been done, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. You've done nothing comparatively. And really, you put like people at the edge of a sword and you made them blaspheme or you killed them, ran them through. He's a, he's a bad guy. And now who is he? He was Saul, the persecutor. Who's he now? Paul the apostle. Hey, 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 hey. Ain't God awesome? Hey, it, this, is a, this is a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all Long suffering, that's a word that shouldn't go together, suffering and long. Patience, it means. God showed patience for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to, uh, uh, to life everlasting. Hey, I just said, do, do you keep the law? Go to heaven? No. Believe on him, Jesus Christ, to life resulting in life everlasting. This and a thousand other Bible verses tell you how to go to heaven. Believe in Jesus Christ. Behave? No, believe. Uh, we, it, the Bible presupposes we're bad people, that we need salvation. It's a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And for this cause, this is the reason that I obtained mercy, that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show forth all patience for a pattern to them which should ever uh, should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life now he just explodes in a doxology he thinks about this he says praise god look i got saved i was i was a horror show i was a bad wicked man i was i was badder than bad and i was the chief of sinners and you know god showed his exceeding patience with me but you know he he showed it so can establish a pattern for everyone coming after me hey this this amazing god saves really really bad people isn't god amazing and he breaks off into this doxology now, unto the king, eternal, immortal, he's not going to die. He's not going to be out of office in four years. If you can just hold on, we'll have another God, and he'll be more, he'll be more okay with your, with your sin. No, 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 no. He's immortal. He, 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 nobody elected him God. He's God on his own. Invisible. It's, it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith. 
Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I was hoping to get to the last of the chapter, but this is a really good place to end. I was hoping at least get to here. Uh, one, no, why don't you come up and... Uh, yeah, you guys come up and, and we'll, we'll stand and we'll pray. I know you think you know better than God about how people should go to heaven. Well, if you don't, you know somebody who does. He's the only wise God. To him be glory and honor forever and ever. What a gracious, what a good God. Receive this benediction. Lord, bless thee and keep thee. The Lord, make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this great salvation that you've visited upon us who name the name of Jesus Christ. It's not what we've done, it's what he has done on our behalf. This is a good gospel. This is good, good news. Because, Lord, I was trying it the other way. I was the gerbil on the wheel trying to please you with good works, and it never worked out because I'm not a good person at all. Father, we thank you for saving us, for counting us worthy, for bringing us in, for for, for making us part of your forever family. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love pours.